ladies and gentlemen. We're about to read some dirty books. <laughs> Welcome to the creator stage, everybody. This is the heart and soul of the content creator community. All weekend here at Fan Expo Denver, we have an army of podcasters and YouTubers taking the stage, doing live broadcasts of their shows all weekend long. This one that we're about to kick off is going to be a ton of fun. They're going, shh, I want to make sure I get this right. We're reading dirty books. <laughs> A paranormal podcast. So, Denver, huge round of applause. Take it away. All right. All right. Hi, my name's Kalina. And I'm Saylette. And we are, sh we're reading Dirty Books. We are a paranormal romance podcast, and we have been doing this for about five years. We typically read a romance book and review it for every episode. Today we're going to do something a little bit different because we have a feeling we have a bunch of new listeners in the audience and we want to kind of give you a background about our podcast, who we are, what we do, and why. Um, also today we're lucky we have a special guest, Bernadette. Please introduce yourself. I'm Bernadette Marie. I'm a contemporary romance author and I'm also the uh, owner of Five Prince Publishing. Thank you for joining us. Okay. So I think I'm going to start out with just some background about our podcast and how we got started. Uh, about a little over five years ago, I'm a huge audiobook person. I have a giant audio or audible collection. And for something, uh, my, my partner, Saylette, was going on a road trip for some reason, and she was looking for audiobooks. And I mean, don't tell Amazon this, but I shared my <laughs> login with her. <laughs> I think that by sharing my login, I kind of encourage people to get into books a little bit more. Um, so I gave her my password and I said, download, listen to whatever books you want. And then I threw out a caveat and I said, wait, don't judge me. There's a bunch of sexy books in there. And I went straight for them. <laughs> straight for them. And it took us a minute. We've been friends for over 20 years. And I realized, I thought there and I thought, why did I have to tell my best friend, don't judge me for books that I read? That's silly. Like, there's nothing wrong with these mm -hmm. books. These are perfectly great books. In fact... Uh, romance is the number one selling fiction genre in the country, correct? Yes, it brings in over a billion dollars a year in just romance fiction. And so we kind of talked about it after that. She naturally listened to a whole bunch of the books and then was <laughs> like, yeah, let's listen to more. <laughs> and we thought a very good idea would be to share that experience through a podcast and discuss why do we as women sometimes hide the things we love why do we feel shame about our sexuality? And especially enjoying books where women's sexuality is the forefront. So that's the podcast for you. Uh, say what, why do you like romance books and what got you started? Besides my, pod, my audio. <laughs> because your, your free audio account. <laughs> um, well, first off, I think my husband Daniel would like to tell you thank you. <laughs> uh, my husband and I have been married for 18 years and we are madly in love and... Um, these books have actually helped us a lot in, you know, married life. Um, <laughs> but I like them because I like the escapism. And for us, we do paranormal, so we go just a little bit more. And we don't just do all paranormal. We do some contemporary as well. Um, but it's fun to just sit and banter and talk about things that we don't normally talk about with our mothers or even our girlfriends among ourselves. And this was a great discovery of our friendship and things that we just never knew in the well, 15 years at that point, 
Um, but every single episode, we're learning something more every single time. I know you know what the uh, Pokemon. I didn't even know you knew Pokemon. Now we I know. We just learned that last night. We did. <laughs> All right. And Bernadette, how did you start writing romance? Like, how did, like, why this genre, why not this genre? some other fiction? I like having that happily ever after. So even in my slogan is happily ever after always. If you read one of my books, that is what you're going to get. Because the world is so heavy. And it's so nice to have that little something that you know you can, at the end of the book, do that. Oh, yeah. I just feel lighter. Um, I always say that, you know, I'm, I'm the antidote to what you've read that's brought you down or is heavy. I'm a quick read. I'm like three hours, and you're a little bit three, four <laughs> hours. Or, um, you're a little bit lighter at the end because you've had that happily ever after all tied up in a bow. And it's predictable. It's totally predictable. It follows a trope. It follows a form. And I just really like that. And I have a really fantastic marriage, and so I know what that love is. Wink, wink. No, but anyway. Um, so it's, it's easy to write, and the relationships are easy to write, and I think that's, that's what draws me to it. Yeah, I think that's so important. The happily ever after, because in so many genres, um, not just in books, but you see it all the time in movies and in television, where the uh, woman character sometimes her whole existence is to further the plot for the for the man so they either they die they get raped they get kidnapped they you know something terrible happens to them thus giving the male character an arc for which to pursue the storyline an opportunity to be the hero exactly they got to go on a vengeance trip or yeah. they got to save someone yeah and in all of those genres when you're experiencing that as a woman that's trauma and that's telling us that our lives are secondary to yeah. the main action plot of men being heroes. But you don't get that in the romance. The romance is really first and foremost about the women's uh, journey. I mean, it's a partnership by the end. Right. Yeah, and I think in, in modern day now especially, it's really an empowering platform to give to, that, to, to women. Um, romance is changing to make it, we're not the uh, damsel in distress. Right. We are the hero. Um, it's incorporating so many strengths that women have that men admire. And I think that's where it's changing. We're seeing that men admire those strengths and it still can have a romance, even not being saved or whatever. We can be strong and we can be independent and we can be, we can be forceful. Yeah. And it's okay. And, and it's becoming the narrative right now. Yeah, and that is the platform that we're creating here, giving ourselves a safe space and anybody else who may be afraid to read romance to come and join us and be okay to share stories and to open up and you know talk about maybe traumas if we haven't hit a trigger point or anything like that so that we can you know express ourselves and be in a place where it's okay to openly talk about it and not be ashamed for it, you know? Yes. So that kind of brings me to like, how do we feel romance has been changing lately? Because I think um, another thing we do with this podcast is we take the books, we read them, but we also try to ground them in society and some of the conversations that we're having around uh, consent, body image issues, uh, 
you know, women's sexuality, stuff that is really coming up nowadays in discussions broadly across the spectrum, and talk about how these books hit on a lot of those topics and incorporate those ideas into their writing. So how are you? How are we seeing the change? Yeah. So I think what we're seeing now um, a lot, and I, I've talked about this in a few panels, is first of all, body image. You know, everybody, man, woman, everybody struggles with body image. And it's an awesome opportunity as a creator to change that narrative and make these characters understand the need to accept themselves, to appreciate every part of them, and to share that. And then when a reader reads that somebody has been able to do that, they're able to take that and focus it inside of themselves. <laughs> so I think it's been a great place to share that. Also with trauma and mental health, to open up the dialogue of mental health is important. Mental health is okay to ask for help. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to pull away. It's okay to have uh, medication if you need medication. But as creators, and you guys taking those little pieces out and discussing it, it, it makes it, it, it does it. It changes again that narrative to say this is okay. Whereas perhaps 20, 30 years ago, a character with a mental health issue, that became the caveat for the plot of how more they pushed it away and got over it, mm -hmm. if you will, air quotes, got over it. And nowadays we're dealing with it directly, saying this is how I'm handling it. Mm -hmm. So um, I just think the narrative has changed so much of they're becoming self-help books. I think we discussed that on a panel that through romance, through fiction, because we're giving readers this different point of view through characters that they have fallen in love with, it's changing that narrative to be okay to discuss these things. and. Then again, when it's then reviewed and podcasted, it's one more voice saying it's okay. So it's appreciative to us to have you carry on that message. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that's super important. We talk about that a lot. There's a lot of these themes are coming up more and more in the podcast, or I mean, in the paranormal, in non-paranormal, all romance. Um, books and right. it's really helpful to sometimes read through those things that you've experienced and you read a book about it and it gives you a perspective on things uh, and it kind of maybe like you said helps heal some of that not you know all of it but right. it, it's helpful in a way and having characters of diversity has been really interesting to see how much that's grown in just even the five years that yes. we've been doing podcasts uh, when we started it was a lot less. Like we found very few diverse characters, and now I'm able to have you know almost every other book has some diversity in it, and that really makes me happy to read. I think it's it's very much in the forefront that authors are really trying to make sure that there is inclusion of everybody. Um, we've talked about the books adding disabled in or the LGBTQ. And right now, that's just starting to take off. It's very welcomed, it's very wanted, publishers want it. It's very niche that people that are living those lives are the ones that need to write it right now, though, because they're the ones with the experience, and it needs to be authentic to give to the, to the world to absorb. 
And so, you know, there's a huge cry. If that's what you write or that's what you live, start to start to write it because people want that. And so, yeah, the diversity is definitely changing. You see that in our television ads. The couples are, you know, oh, absolutely. so yeah. different. It's so awesome to see different families and different ethnicities together and all of that. So I think it's, a, it's an amazing time for anybody who wants to write any kind of book that offers that inclusion. Mm -hmm. And it's a good time to just start writing, start putting it out there. Because like I said, publishers are looking for that because mm -hmm. people want to read those inclusive books. Absolutely. And I think we do a good job. Sorry, I think my microphone's having a reaction to me. <laughs> um, I think we do a really good job just within our duo here about representation because we do try to hit those different categories and be creative with it. I really always try to connect myself with the main character, of course, you know, right. um, and, and at first I think it was always just like white women, which is fine, you know, but then as we started to include more and when we found uh, the, the, the Asian character, I was like, hey, I can really relate to this. I know exactly, like when we read um, The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang, all of the little nuances that they were going through and talking about the family dynamic, I'm like, I live that. I, that is me, and I, and I loved it, and I understood it so much more, so it's important to have that representation. It is, and you know, and one of my other author friends um, had talked about, and it really resonated with me, when he wrote his Latino story, and he was always afraid to make his characters Latino because he didn't, he's, he's half Latino. Right. He didn't feel as if he represented correctly but then he stepped back and said, but that's my experience. And what we find is what we understand culturally or what we know that's just been around is not necessarily everybody's experience. And sometimes those, those personal experiences, like, yeah, that's how it really is for me too. So that's interesting to hear. I like that. Yeah, everybody has their own narrative. They have their own experiences and stories. Right. My, my Cambodian upbringing is different than other Cambodian upbringings. So, But it does influence a lot of what I express myself on our show. Right. Yeah. Um, and then also going off that with the other changes that we're seeing in romance, how are we seeing the spice levels kind of increase? So I think this is going to be a fun, interesting uh, topic to hit on. We are called, we're reading dirty books. We do tend to skew to the more spicy level, the hotter, the steamier. But uh, Bernadette writes sweet books. And we've read three of her books for our podcast. So we're definitely open to even the, the, <laughs> the mild, the mild <laughs> romance. But what are we seeing in uh, romance today? Like, how is that changing? Is that changing? I do think that, that we're still going clear back to when, like, Fifty Shades was originally put out because they marketed it as a contemporary romance. Prior to that, that would have been an, erotic, an erotica, and it got categorized into the contemporary, and it became acceptable to everybody's hands. Everybody knew what those covers looked like, but nobody was judging that you were reading that, and it totally changed the narrative of the heat level. What has happened is that the romance now, it's very acceptable to have these things because in the society we live in, and I think this is why the heat level can go up, the society in which we live in is now very, um, I want to say monogamous in the sense that we talked about like couples, that it's very important to the storyline, they're monogamous to each other no matter how hot that is. Same way when you have the reverse harems, that harem is monogamous to that harem, if you will. They are, you know, um, so there's not a lot of flitting around. 
And I think that that becomes more acceptable to then have more heat because it's a trusted relationship. And in the society that we are living now, everybody wants that trust level, that commitment level, that consent level. And so then the heat can get a little hotter on an acceptable level. So I think that's why you're seeing it change. And it's not all erotica. It's not all, you know, ebook and under the under the <laughs> table. It's it's mainstream now because of that commitment level. Yeah. How do you feel about the spice levels? Well, you know, we have our rating system, so <laughs> <laughs> we do. We we always love to praise um, certain scenes that we get. So there's a there's a couple of our favorites, and if you guys listen to us, then you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm not gonna repeat it here. <laughs> Um, this is a family venue, so yeah. we're going to tone down the podcast I'm just really, a smidge. I'm, con- I'm concentrating so hard not to drop any bombs here. Um, but uh, we praise the authors that give us the consent, that give us the contraceptions, that give us, you know, like the, the sweet love and stuff. Bernadette, we give you high praise for all the <laughs> ones you. you give us. Even if we don't get the, um, the descriptions given to us, it's, I mean, we read so many books, it could just... Like I said yesterday, we can have our own imaginations do it for us, and they do. They absolutely do. <laughs> so um, for me, I'm not going to put down a book because it doesn't give me any spice. No, no, you know? I know. We wouldn't do that because we read all kinds across yes. the board. I think what's interesting is that it's it's really bleeding into other genres. Yes. Um, there's, a, you know, the Sarah J. Moss books, that if anyone's read those. I wouldn't classify those as just romance. I would classify those as fantasy with romance in them, but they have some heat. There are like sex scenes in those books that are spicy. And I don't know that you would have seen that before this kind of transition in romance itself. Um, All genres have something, right? Right. But the heat levels have gone up even across genres because they're kind of mimicking what's happening in romance. You know, like you mentioned, the reverse harems. That's something that did not happen. No, at that's... least not openly. I mean, it was in the erotica, the, the right. self-published or the small publishers. Yeah. And stuff. now it's very mainstream. It's very acceptable. And what is really interesting about things like, you know, the reverse harems or some of these, is the people that live this lifestyle are now coming forward and saying, "Yeah, that's me." Yeah. And I, I had that happen about three weeks ago, where somebody's like. Oh, this is the life I live, and you're, and it was just—it's very basic. It's like, oh, I have a husband and I have kids. I live in a reverse harem, and it mm-hmm. was—it was eye-opening to see that it is acceptable now because people know what it is, and they know how it works, and they know that it's a committed relationship, yeah. just like us and husbands or whatever. It's a committed relationship, and now it's not dirty, and it's not under the door, you know. Yeah. It still provides us with a really safe place to go. Yes. And, I and think express our love. Still. That's the Absolutely. important part. It's safe place. And and romance is now, especially with a happily ever after in that kind of sense, offers that safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on top of the safe space, because this is where I kind of want to take everything back to always, it offers... The, it centers the woman. It centers her her sexuality, her pleasure. Like those reverse harem scenes are not about all the men involved. Right. You know, there might be five, four, three, whatever. They vary five on the number. Five is intense, guys. Five is a lot. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you read the books, just be prepared. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's so much about her and everything. Like giving her the best experience possible and for readers who 
if anyone reads the studies and follows any of the science, you'll, you'll know heterosexual women have the lowest percentage of orgasms in this country compared to other, you know, genders, other sexualities. So to get this, these books where that is just guaranteed, <laughs> like, you know, you know, 21 times in one, well, you know, sometimes it's open, <laughs> but you know, teach their own, <laughs> but it's absolutely guaranteed every time that's going to be the first priority of the, you know, dynamic, <laughs> not, the, not the whole book, right. but, but of that scene, the right, dynamic right. is that's first. Yeah. And yeah. I just think that's, you know, I think that speaks to a lot of where we've come and how we're going and, you know, with women in society and not being afraid of that. And I think that comes down to also that body image acceptance mm -hmm. and making sure that that's in these books too, that everybody is represented and being okay. Because, you know, you need that to, to fulfill all of that. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, we read these books for us, so we have to be able to to understand to understand it. and experience it, you know, the way and that yeah, it's portrayed. To see ourselves, to in see our characters, in there. and mm -hmm. you definitely are getting that in a lot more books. Um, the cur like curvy girl right. romance is showing up, and and then even some that don't specify that. It just the the characters have a, my, a more diverse body type, at least in the women characters. I have said, right. and I might be an outlier on this one, but I really <laughs> want to see romance move in a direction of body positivity with the male characters as well. I don't think we see that right now. I know a lot of them are written for women, so the idea is they want to see a you know six foot eight built muscled fit man but I want to see all of them so well, and I also think like you said so many of the other genres then begin to mimic the romance so maybe you're gonna have some superhero who's got a a, a belly yes, yes. you know it's going to trickle down and if it starts in one it'll start to trickle yeah. down and there's absolutely needs to be you know body positivity on both sides in and in any sexuality and anything. Yeah. So I, I, when you brought that up at a panel and a couple of us just <laughs> sat there, we just actually couldn't talk anymore. We're like, haven't even what? considered it. Where we would more <laughs> probably not describe the male even mm -hmm. than to change it so that he was not body perfect. It, because we're so focused on the female mm -hmm. presentation of it. So yeah, when you brought it up and we just sat there with our mouths open, it was real <laughs> eye-opening that this is the time and this is the now and we need to make that narrative change. So. Well, and, and part of why I'd like to see it is I want to see men reading these. And I know there are men, there's, you know, men read romance, right. but I want to encourage it broader and make it more of an acceptable thing. I mean, you say you read them with your husband and that that's really helpful to you as a couple. Yeah. Um, e even if it's paranormal, I mean, no one can live up to a vampire or a werewolf, you know, like those people <laughs> are fake <laughs> but for the contemporary ones. I mean, Bernadette writes sweet love stories and those are real life. And you can learn from those characters and how they develop and how they grow together. I mean, it, the point is, is that there's love in these stories and that's what we're trying to portray and trying. That's what you're, you know, giving trying out to, to the, audi yes. the audience. Yeah. On both, you know, both sides of the couples. It doesn't matter, you know, who it or all five sides of the couples, <laughs> you know, as long as we, we get that in some type of manner. Right. Yeah, so I, I would like to encourage, you know, to spread romance across people, mm -hmm. encourage more readers. And I think that's happening a lot now. Um, I'm in a lot of book groups on Facebook, 
and there's a lot of uh, people who read with their partner who, who will read both books and want to make sure that they're, you know, getting all the genres in that right. like trade off like we'll read one of his like war books and then we'll read one of my romances and so i think the more that we get diversity for uh males that's going to encourage in, in like additional readership because they honest, will see themselves and honestly every genre has romance all of them do okay right? as much as people are going <laughs> to argue that they do there is some relationship there with something and somebody they all yeah. love they may not be happily yeah. ever after right they may be but, they but all that's love. true. All broken, it comes down to being a not necessarily a romance, but a relationship. Yes. And it can be friends. It can be child to parent. But you need to start those narratives somewhere. And like we said, they start to trickle down. Yes. And it's those narratives that we change in one genre then makes those relationships in every single book start to change. Absolutely. So do you think that this move in romance to the more discreet covers is helping expand the genre to people who would never have picked up that book before? Oh, yeah. Um, the, this, like, cartoony thing is huge now. And, I mean, like, the cover of my book, the only reason I did it was because the number one books going out right now, they are all cartoon and some of them aren't even well done and those are the big hot hot books right now yeah and admittedly when you start to read them and then you get to those hot parts you're like okay the cover kind of threw me off <laughs> but I think that you know okay so yesterday at one of our panels we talked about trigger warnings and being on books but I kind of think the cover was always our trigger warning right our cover said Naked man chest, this is going to be a hot book, right? Yeah. right? And now we're getting cutesy little cartoony people. And so we pick it up and there's still hot stuff. And they're like, I didn't get my trigger warning from the naked guy on the front. So um, I think the trend is, and that might be the reason for the trend even. Make sure you, because... Uh, print is kind of coming back a little bit. Absolutely. Um, I think ebooks are still are gonna forever outsell them at this point, just because of the ease. The ease. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. You can have it on every device. You can take it with you, and you can discreetly read it. But the paperbacks and the hardbacks are coming back, and so readers you, are collectors. They are, and they desperately want to fill that bookshelf, and there's like a it. trophy wall they'll of buy all it the digitally, books. and then buy it in paper to have it on the shelf, oh, yeah. which we really appreciate. So everyone should buy every format, whatever I, you need. But um, I do think that there's that acceptance in that to make sure that you know if you look at it, you don't know somebody's really in a hot thing if there's some cartoon on the front. <laughs> and for the, the person that's reading the book who doesn't really want to share that they're reading a steamy book because they're afraid of people saying you shouldn't be reading that right. book or you know or, or whatever, this is a good way for them to hide behind it. But I like the trick factor of it. If I think I'm going to read a cartoon and all of a sudden it's like not cartoon. Not. Well, and a lot um, of them, <laughs> yeah. Then I'm all for it. It does. It's like a surprise. Yeah. I mean, we. I feel like I know what I'm getting into with them because I track the books. But yeah, you're better at it than I. <laughs> Sometimes I'll spring shit on you. Oh, <laughs> surprise! Sorry. Sometimes oh, I spring stuff roll. on you that <laughs> you aren't sure. <laughs> That was supposed I knew to be it me. was gonna happen. <laughs> Damn. So now you're off the hook. You're yes, good. You're all right, good. All right. Good. All right. But like even beyond the uh, 
cartoony ones. There's also just those ones that are like stylized vines or right. like they, like you can't tell anything about no, even whimsical design. And I'm gonna say that that's coming straight from the readers now. Yeah. So when it you know 12 years ago when I started writing my books, I was like, I do not want these people on my book. I don't want it to. I don't want it to give off a vibe that maybe my book doesn't have because we have people on the front. And so the first books that came out, they, they did not, they had objects. And when I went to redo those and then opened my own publishing house, it was my readers that are like, but we like the people on the front. And I'm like, okay, so <laughs> I, I created a branding. So if you look at my books, the branding is all the same in the sense of what kind of couples and whatever. But I did that for my readers because my readers wanted the people and I did not. So I do think that now we are, the readers are changing just as the books are changing and that's why you're getting the new covers as well is they don't need that anymore. And yeah. maybe that's because so much information on books is out there in the public now. You know what you're getting before you buy it. Whereas Absolutely. you used to just go to the bookstore and have to pick it up. Yeah. And that was all the information you got. Yeah. And you may attract actually different readers too. And this kind of goes along with the description of your characters as you're, you're creating them. It's just giving us just enough to build it. But I want to be in that spot. And I can't be the blonde with blue eyes right. that is six <laughs> feet tall. I can't, that's just not me. I can't be that person. Right. So if you just give me a little bit of a description and then you know give me cartoons on the front that is just silhouettes or something, yeah. then I'm fully immersed and this is me in the book and I can relate and I will pick up another one. You'll change the characters yes. to what represents exactly. you, yes. I think that's also why I'm more of a fan of some of the discrete stuff coming out. I think the you know, steamy man covers were great, but I don't want that to be the only thing I'm thinking about with the book. And with you know? those covers, did you automatically assume that this is alpha male and you're going to have that kind of well, an atmosphere? It, it goes along with the male kind of standard male body image that you get in these books because right. they're all of that muscled chest on the front and I want to be able to maybe make that guy look different and if I have that cover with Fabio right. it's always gonna look <laughs> like Fabio. <laughs> I'm putting a dad bod in all of mine from now absolutely. on. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what they look like. <laughs> I do think somebody has some like dad bod chronicle or something. Nice. I'll have to look it up. Yeah just send it our way. <laughs> All right. You're doing great. You're Thank doing you. so wonderful. You're. This is impressive. Thank you. This is different from the episodes we normally do, and you guys yeah. will know if you ever listen to us. Um, we're. Be, this is super serious mode. And I'm not used to it. It's not me. <laughs> no, we're we've reeled her in <laughs> hard. Uh, yes. Yes. It's high. <laughs> this is a different. Yeah completely different from yeah. us. Usually we do this podcast in our, in one of our houses or once COVID happened, we had to change it all up again. And now yeah. we do it apart sitting alone in our beds and it's fine. Yeah. I send my kids to their room. They're, <laughs> they're like, mom's having a broadcast. Let's go play Minecraft. And they do it. And they're so good to me. And then what we normally do is we read a book, we discuss it. We have our segments. We have a, we have a quickie in the beginning and then we have a kiss and tell where we try to relate our lives to different issues that are happening within the book. And uh, this, that's where a lot of the self-discovery about ourselves happens yes. and a connection that you and I get to our make friendship. as friends. Yes. Uh, and then um, you share some facts at the end, 
all the while we're talking about different parts of this book and you know it may not always give us sex can i say sex you can say sex okay it may not always give us you know steamy scenes and stuff but um but we always have a great conversation about it and it's um it's kind of hard for me to stay (laughs) serious so i'm sorry we have a lot of fun doing our podcast (laughs) yes i can't think of anything to I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you fulfilled your... I know. You did it all. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share or talk about? I don't know. Have you ever had any, like, pushback from... I mean, as a romance writer, that you aren't a real writer or anything like that? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> um, it's only becoming really where people are accepting uh, the romance genre as, as an... Ex- I want to say acceptable, but like a legit era. And I think it's because the narratives are changing and it's not just the damsel in distress and it's strong women and everything. But I mean, you look at the numbers, it is the number one selling genre out there. And so something has to be said for that. But if I tell you I'm a romance author, I will get an eye roll. It's going to happen. Or there's going to be a comment about the way I live my life or things that I do. And it's just very interesting. And it's just become second nature to, you know, it depends how snarky the person is when they do it. To say, yes, I've paid for my house. Have you? You know, (laughs) did your doctor pay for your house? My books did or whatever. (laughs) Or maybe try to read one someday. You know, it's, it, you do get a lot of pushback, but it's a very, and like, like we've been talking about, I'm in a very powerful position to change a narrative of something out there if I can get the right hands on my books. Yeah. And so it's powerful to be an author and a publisher and, and yeah. drive the narrative and to drive the market. But yeah, people will still roll their eyes. Mm-hmm. And I, th- and I think it's, I, I have come to where it's more now a problem on their part that they can't accept what they just heard than what I just said so (laughs) I think the thing that bugs me the most too is when it's a a, like cross the board um, dismissal because they're like well that's just bad writing and I'm like no are there some not great written books sure but there's that in every single genre genre. not every author's you know the same I really think when the independent publishing movement came along and romance was the first like we're going and taking it over and and we did to a great level there were some problems there were some books that had problems there were some stories and even like we've talked about um the pov lately has shifted from third person to first person you Mm -hmm. almost can't find a book anymore that's not first person 10 years ago first person was not written well and no. now it's dynamic and it's amazing and it's changed. So being in the industry, you have to be ready to make that change, to shift, to, to feel it out. Because if you ride your own little thing too long, everything shifts, everything yeah. changes. Yeah. And that's happened in the romance industry. And only now everybody's like, it's, it's, it's better, it's good, it's, and it's okay. So what we were getting, from the bigger publishers, if you will, there was a cookie cutter process. And 
the tropes and in the format and in the word count. And I mean, it was so predictable. And what happened was people put out, and maybe they were bad, maybe they were not well written, but they were different. And readers were like, oh, I haven't read anything quite like that. And it really changed things. So I think that it's really kind of opened up. And now, especially that um, independent publishing is becoming so accepted. And most people don't go out and go, I need a Penguin Random House book, please. (laughs) You don't look for the publisher. You look for the author. And if the author has represented themselves well, then it's going to be a good book. And it does not matter where the paperback was pressed. Yeah, so. as an indie podcast, we appreciate our indie authors. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> For sure. We love them. <laughs> we love them. Because we also just do it all our own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest piece is that, one, there's bad writing across the board. Like, in any genre, you right. could find it. So if you actually give other, you know, authors a shot, you're going to find good writing. And so one book does not tar the whole genre. And so when people throw that at me, I'm just like, well, how much have you actually read? Right. Like, do you really know where you're coming from? Or is that a narrative that you've picked up out of society? Someone right. and told I think you that's once. huge. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Exactly. Well, and we talked last night on a podcast, or on a podcast, look at me, <laughs> on a panel about how so many people were introduced to romances by finding them under their mother's pillow or something like that, right? So the narrative there was this is supposed to be hidden. Yeah. And so, of course, right there is is the narrative that you grew up with. Well, and tied into all of that is the just societal pressure that things women like are bad. Right. (laughs) We get dogged for everything that is really popular. It doesn't matter what we do. (laughs) Among women, and you become, like, basic, and you like pumpkin spice lattes and (laughs) Ugg boots and all these things that are like, oh, it's an easy way to just... uh, you know, Keep us p- down. Push still. it aside yeah. and say, well, that's something that's popular for women. And they have to step back and go, like, why do we hate things that women like? Like, why do we not want women to be happy? <laughs> well, and I like, think why it, can't they yeah. like their things? Again, that <laughs> comes from that cookie cutter process that we had that's now mm-hmm. just being broken. You know, you're, you're very rarely going to find that Ugg boot <laughs> drinking, what you know, latte drinker. You're going to just out of the sheer we're gonna make this a trope thing but you know um i just think that that narrative is being shattered and you know you guys sitting up here openly talking about stuff like this is helping to shatter that so mm-hmm. you're doing your job really Yay. well yeah. i was gonna say that but then you said it so I, now i can't so, but I get to verify, I get to <laughs> validate get to it. See, now we're getting the other side of this. You were always They've like, been validating me all week. And I'm like, <laughs> we got one, yes. So now we get validated, too. That's awesome. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, we're coming up to the end of the time. So I'm thinking that maybe we kind of wrap up with some last thoughts and how do we find you and all your stuff and then we'll do all of our stuff so that people know how to listen to us in the future yep okay right okay so to find me my website is bernadettemarie.com my publishing house is five with the number five prince because i have five boys five princes (laughs) dot com so five prince publishing dot com um and I am on social media everywhere as author Bernadette Marie. And I'd love to connect with everybody. So come and find me. Her books are wonderful. Thank She's you. She's a great we interview. Fun, fun, fun. Yes. Super sweet. Thank you. <laughs>
You, All right. You go first. Me. I'll <laughs> yeah. go. We are sh we're reading dirty books in case anyone came in late and wants to get our title. Um, you can find us on all social media at sh we're reading dirty books, and that is sh with three H's. And then you can also just email us at sh. No, I'm saying things cor incorrectly. No, you're. you're no, doing I'm not. No, I'm not. No. Nope. Okay. okay. <laughs> we are sh on on social media. We are just sh dirty oh, books. Yes. That's what we are. <laughs> and you can email us at dirtybooks at gmail.com. Our podcast comes out every other Wednesday. Anywhere you can find podcasts, wherever you stream them. We're on Podbean, We're iTunes on Podbean. Podcast. We well, Apple Podcasts now. We suggest not starting in the beginning because that was rough, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's five years, so obviously I mean, we've gotten better. Yeah, so, you know, the past... <laughs> two or three years, I would say. I don't know timing. If you go into the first, I warned you. Um, <laughs> don't do hey, it. Listen, whenever you don't give up. Don't give up. And the sound gets a lot better it post does. COVID. <laughs> it does. I get better at my editing skills. Um, but yeah, you can find us on Pod Podbean um, and most places that you can find podcasts. We're at dirtybooks.com. So if you guys can go in there, give us a listen, rate, review, subscribe, that would be great. And we love, love, love talking to people. So if you guys want to reach out at all, please yes. do that. Yep. Social um, media, emails, all of it. Tell us what you think. Share books with us. We are always yes. looking for new. I know there's like an infinite number of romance books, <laughs> so it's hard sometimes <laughs> to pick which ones we're going to read. But if someone wants to recommend one and ask us to do it, we'd be happy to. Yes, for sure. We're all always right. looking. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us here at Fan Expo 2022. And uh, this has been Kalina. This is Sayla. Bye. Bye-bye. Huge round of applause, Denver. Let him hear. You can do better than that. <laughs> Huge thanks to Sh Dirty Books. Stick around. We are not done by a long shot. Up next. Up Listening to Shh, reading dirty books with Kalina and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Get some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for 